you want to give love to the city, that's a fact. But you're going to need help if you want to make an impact. Well endowed, you want to be well endowed with the Edmonton community. Things really happen when you find that you're well endowed. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Well Endowed Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. And I'm Andrew Paul. This podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation, and we are a proud affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Edmonton is full of generous donors who've created endowment funds at ECF. These funds are carefully stewarded to generate money that supports charities in Edmonton and beyond. On this podcast, we share stories about how these funds help strengthen our community, because it's good to be well endowed. On this episode, we celebrate the 10th anniversary of the Flying Canoe Volant Festival. That's right. When this festival started back in 2013, they were in the ballpark of hosting around 3,000 to 6,000 guests. But over the years, they have grown to a crowd of more than 60,000 people every year. At least, that's when there's not a pandemic going on. It's easy to see why many people love to attend this event. It is a creative and interactive cultural celebration designed to engage local history and everything that is great about a long winter's night. From racing canoes at the Edmonton Ski Club to discovering lights, art, music, and legends in the Mill Creek Ravine, there's nothing quite like it to awaken your inner voyageur. Our producer, Lisa Pruden, spoke with Daniel Cornoyer, executive director at La Cité Francophone, and he is the founder and producer of the Flying Canoe Volant Festival. Over to you, Lisa. Thanks, Elizabeth. I just want to share a little bit more about Daniel, because, as you may already know, He has had a big role in making the Francophone community more visible in Edmonton, and through his ability to develop partnerships with other communities, he has worked to create spaces for all Edmontonians to come together and share their cultures and histories. He was recognized for this work in 2017, when he received a Senate 150th Anniversary Medal, which celebrated 12 outstanding members of Alberta's Francophone community. And he continues to build bridges and relationships across communities to create shared experiences like the Flying Canoe Volant Festival. But before we hear about how this amazing festival came to be, let's listen to the legend that inspired it. Back in 2016, I got to record a telling of the Flying Canoe, or La Chasse Galerie, for an audio project with CJSR-FM and the National Campus and Community Radio Association, which I'll play for you in just a moment. The voices you will hear telling the story are Pierrette Raquier, Edmonton's sixth poet laureate, speaking in French, and speaking in English, you will hear Germain Pribish, previously the manager and curator of the Bonnie Dune and District Cultural Museum, and now retired. And she is my great-aunt's sister, who I got to meet while recording this reading, which was pretty cool. So, to bring us into the story of La Chasse Galerie, here is Daniel Cornoyer, with a little context of the story's francophone roots. So in French, we say, the courir la chasse galerie is to take a risk and you're playing with the devil, right? And the origins of the story were in, from, Fran- from France, there was the story of Gallery the hunter who loved the hunt so much that he refused to go to church on Sundays. So therefore he was chem- condemned to, to fly the skies forever being chased by wild horses and wolves and all sorts of spirits, right? So in other words, he sold his soul to to follow his passion. And the indigenous peoples had the story of the bewitched canoe, this flying canoe. So with time and understanding and sharing of language, thus was born La Chasse Galerie, 
which is in English, we call it the flying canoe, but La Chasse Galerie and in Quebec, there's been like full feature films made on this story. But for me, it's like, it's a Canadian, it's a piece of Canadian literature that in English Canada, we don't know. And here is one version of the legend with Pierrette and Germain. This is actually a story about, a lum- uh, about some lumberjacks. And basically what it is, it happened in the 18, mid-1800s. De la France au Québec, le récit est devenu légende. Cette histoire a commencé dans une cabane en bois rond, la veille du jour de l'an, au fond d'une forêt enneigée bien ben loin du nord de Bytown, qu'on connaît aujourd'hui sous le nom d'Ottawa. And these poor lumberjacks were stuck in camp over Christmas. And they were, you know... Uh, crying the blues with a, with a bit of, of liquor and stuff. And one of them says, you know, I'd really like to go see my honey for Christmas and at least dance at one of the parties and stuff. And, you know, well, it's 400 kilometers away or miles, so how are we going to do that? Allez, les hommes s'étaient retrouvés avancés en boisson, le sentiment affaibli par les pensées de leur famille restée en ville. Sans prévenir, Baptiste Durand a lancé... Ah, pourquoi qu'on passerait la nuit du jour de l'an dans ce sacré camp alors que chez les Lavramboises, on doit déjà être en train de danser le cotillon sur le violon de Philippe la jeunesse? Il n'y a qu'à prendre le canot, là, le canot caché sous la neige, tout juste à côté du grand sapin centenaire, puis partir en chasse-galerie. So, one of the fellows says, well, he says, we can make a deal with the devil and he'll bring us on a flying canoe and we'll get there in less than two hours. And these guys are already feeling a little happy, right? Sure, okay, so what's the deal? Well, the deal is, he'll fly us there and back, but we can't mention God's name, and we can't hook any church steeples on the way, you know, with the canoe as as you're flying. Oh, well, we can do that. Sure, we can. So off they go with this promise. Puis un moment après, huit hommes prenaient place. Joe, le cook, à l'avant, en éclaireur, Baptiste, à l'arrière, À la gouverne, et trois rameurs se plaçaient de chaque côté, aviron à la main. À Cabris, à Cabras, à Cabram, canon d'Écosse, fais-nous voyager par-dessus les montagnes. And they, they have fun, they dance with their sweeties. Pendant un bon deux heures, une danse n'attendait pas l'autre, gigue, voleuse, valse réelle, et la cruche de whisky blanc qui coulait généreusement, et la demoiselle, je parle de la cruche. <rire> se faisait prendre la taille plus souvent qu'une religieuse et les danseurs qui devenaient de plus en plus joyeux, les semelles en faisaient du feu, les jupes en frisaient. Ça paraissait que M. le curé n'était pas là. Mais le temps passait. Joel Cook a jeté un coup d'œil à l'horloge plus que deux heures avant l'aube. Et le chantier qui était 300 000 de distance, il a fait au signe aux autres de s'acheminer vers la porte. The, uh, the cook happens to have a little too much liquor in him, starts blathering and swearing, and, and they say, oh, gosh, we're going we're gonna to lose our souls, because the deal was we'd lose your soul to the devil if you didn't live up to your deal, right? So they tied him up, and they muffled him. And he's fighting all this, and he rocks the canoe. And he falls out. And they and ends up, they all fall out. And they wake up in the snowbank next to the camp. They don't know how they got there. Their souls were saved. But... <laughs> L'ont-ils couru ou l'ont-ils rêvé la chasse-galerie? Chasse 
<laughs> Actually, it's about a bunch of drunken lumberjacks. <laughs> you tried to lift that canoe over that tall tree, and you guys were so drunk <laughs> that you just dropped the canoe and you all passed out in the snow, and we had to come and get you a few hours later. There are many versions of the legend, some that end happily, like this one, and others where the men are cursed to fly the skies forever. But there it is, the legend of La Chasse Galerie, and part of the inspiration for the Flying Canoe Volant Festival. Daniel told me about how the sharing of stories is such a key element of this festival. Flying Canoe works on many levels, and uh, as much as we are this wonderful, great winter celebration that celebrates the magic and the wonder of a long winter's night, we are also a festival that engages with community and communities. And Flying Canoe Valin being very much this the story of the Flying Canoe, which I know you know already, is one element, but that that joining together of stories, of the Indigenous story, of the Francophone story, and of the Métis story. When we talk about reconciliation today, we're also talking about reconciliation. And I think Flying Canoe Valin has really become an example of reconciliation. And that is due in large part of our partnership with Native Counseling Services of Alberta, which is one of Alberta's largest uh, Indigenous social agencies that is working with, you know, some of the, the larger issues th that these communities face. But, you know, we're really proud to say that we work with Buffalo Sage and the Stan Daniels Center. And this is people transitioning from incarceration back into the general community. And it, it is part of their healing and their, and their reintegration and I think Flying Canoe Valin has always wanted to be that, and that's what it does. Whether it's with community leagues throughout the city through lantern making, and that people make their lanterns and they actually bring their lanterns and we display their lanterns. That's inclusion. Uh, our Indigenous uh, partners, it's very much about providing them the space. We will not program it. We ask them to program it on our behalf or on our collective behalfs and how we make that all work. So behind the scenes, there's this real social engagement that's taking place in which we're working with these different communities and we're learning so much. And they're, they're really, they're, they're quite profound in many levels because this is a part of society that the general population doesn't interact with. But this is also a way that Flying Canoe Valin can contribute and give back and help in that healing and in that reconciliation with the goal of rec reconciling this this troubled story. Daniel ensures that the Francophone, Indigenous, and Métis communities aren't just invited, they are included. It's not about arriving on the festival's terms. Instead, it's about the festival making space for people to bring their own creativity and history sharing. And this idea of inclusion extends to the community experience. When you attend Flying Canoe Volant, there's more to do than just eat and spectate. That all being said, Flying Canoe Valar is also creating those connections in a very, very constructive and a very community-minded way. And we're working with Elder Will Campbell and all those elements coming together, really enriching that. And then we also say we're a celebration of three founding minority communities, which is true, that get together and celebrate under the banner of the Flying Canoe with all of Edmonton. And it's about exchanging that story. 
an element I've always said is, I want Flying Canoe Valade to be, I don't want us to observe a culture. I want us to have an opportunity to partake in something. So there's other festivals within the city where we watch, we eat cultural, different cultural foods, we watch their performances, but we're actually not partaking. Whereas Flying Canoe Valade really wants you to have an experience, have a lived experience. So if we're doing a friendship dance or a round dance down at Indigenous camp, and we're holding hands with our partners, of course, pre-COVID, uh, you know, but those are important moments. And, you know, I, I know a few years ago, we did a celebration here in the theater at La Cité Francophone, and one of the guests said she was at the Friendship Center, and she goes, I don't know if I should be here. And as somebody just quite matter-of-factly, we're just having fun, and we're just holding our hands together. And I think... I think just like a great country dance or a, a great dance or a wedding dance, when you actually can hold your partner, I think there's some real tangible things that are a real piece of humanity. And, you know, we don't have the opportunity to intersect often. And I think Flying Canoe, on top of all the magic and the wonder and the beautiful lighting installations and the whimsical Flying Canoe races and the cabarets and all that, we are actually, essentially, what we want to do is exchange. I want people as a francophone. I want you to live a part of my culture. I want you to experience that, not just observing it, but actually taking, coming to the dance and taking part in the dance. And I think that goes from Dave Cunningham Family Band down at Métis Camp, where they're introducing people to Métis jigs and reels. And we're, we're also learning, but we're learning in a very informal. And I think one of the... One of the catch moments for me is when pre-pandemic down at Métis Camp, somebody shared the story to me. There were a bunch of 20-somethings that gathered around and she convinced all her friends to come down. And she just turned to them all after they finished the dance. She goes, isn't this so cool? And all her friends went, this is awesome. And it and it was because I think they were experiencing something they went, it was outside of the box. It's not something you would do traditionally but you actually partook in something that was just really community building. And I think those are the, those are the, the elements that we want to, that we built. Those are our pillars. Those are our, our heart and soul elements. And then, and with that, we want to share it with Edmonton. We want to share it with our province. We want to share it with our country. We want to share it internationally. And those are the goals and the objectives as we do. And then finally, as a Francophone, it's just playing with all my community partners in a very equitable way and, and sharing and sharing our love of language, sharing our love of culture, sharing with our, our community, because we are all part of this great Edmonton community and the support of the Edmonton Community Foundation is, is instrumental in making that happen. This community collaboration and inclusion is the heart of the magic of this festival. The sense of discovery and gaining new experiences this sense of adventure on a dark night in the Mill Creek Ravine is what draws thousands of people to the Flying Canoe Volant. And that's one of our taglines is we always say Flying Canoe Volant is more than a festival, it's an adventure. And we've been saying that from day one and our, actually our first title of Flying Canoe was the Flying Canoe Adventure because it's not a static thing. And there's, there is a piece of magic and I think, and this is what we hear from our patrons is, Going down into a ravine in darkness and in winter is not something we commonly do. 
and by but through the illuminations and through really the um, the sounds of it. Like I find when you walk down Vogel Hill into and you make that corner on the the roadway and you see indigenous camps and then you hear the the Cree drumming and singing and you see the visual of the the friendship dance taking place. That is amazing. That is just like and and when you turn that corner, you you will see everybody. People that are coming for the first time will just go, oh, wow, and everybody stops and takes a photo and then they continue down. But then as you leave that, you go over the ridge and then all of a sudden you're in a different, another environment and you got the outfitter's tent and you got Roger Dallaire or celebrated francophone storyteller telling different variations of flying canoe or maybe they're flying pickup trucks from Fort McMurray as those boys look to get find their way home. Um, you know, and then you hear, you know, the French Canadian accordion and guitar and fiddle and the call and answer French Canadian songs. And then you make your way down this. And sometimes you can find these moments of solitude in the, within the lighting installations and the lighting installations that our lead designer, Dylan Toymaker, creates are just absolutely just amazing. And it's really about using that white canvas of snow and projecting on the snow. So when you find those moments of solitude, and I know last year, because we had to reduce numbers in 2021 due to the COVID experience, but I found myself at one point going down and the, the lanterns were turning and I just, I just wanted to dance. I just wanted to waltz my way through. And then you go further along and then all of a sudden you come to the Métis camp and then you have this whole other activation. You got this live band playing down in the depths of the Mill Creek Ravine. And those aren't things you typically see, you know, and then, this year, we're coming back with the Flying Canoe Races at the Edmonton Ski Club, where you race down a ski hill in a luge run, let's be clear, but in a canoe, and it's like a great French-Canadian triathlon. Throughout the festival, there are nods to the legend of the Flying Canoe. Courir la chasse galerie is to take a chance on the devil. So that is kind of, you know, and there's little things like at our ice bar, we serve maple whiskey, which is out of Quebec, and it's called sortilège. Et de lancer un sort is to cast a spell. So it's it all kind of, there's all these kind of these great folklore tie-ins that we, you know, when we do the ice bar, we have the little maple whiskey shots and it's just been fun, but it's called sortilège and we just feel like it fits and it's, you know, it's a little taste of maple syrup with a little whiskey in it, so to speak. And then, yeah, so all those, you know, some of those cliches playing on them for sure, but having fun with them. And it's about having about having fun, you know, and using that that beautiful landscape, our beautiful river valley, and and telling those different stories in so many different and creative ways. And, you know, the idea came to us, yes, but I mean, we're working with many, many artists that are, are contributing and bringing their contributions to the festival. And, and that is so key to, to the magic. Every year there's something new to be seen. It's not the same. It's not a commercial lighting installation. It is very much a creative and an original uh, artwork. Flying Canoe Volant has been creating this magic and developing community collaboration for 10 years. This is our 10th year. Yes, it is. First year was 2013. 2013, we had 3,500 patrons, maybe or 6,000 patrons. And in 2020, a month before the pandemic hit, we had over 60,000 patrons. So we see how it's captured the imagination. And there's still many people that still don't know about the festival, which is maybe best, keep the best 
kept secret sort of thing. But at the same time, we wanted, you know, people to experience it. And um, it's our way as a Francophone community to share uh, with our greater community this beautiful experience of the Flying Canoe, which is a French-Canadian Indigenous story that harkens back to the beginnings of our country. I asked Daniel to tell me about how this festival came to be, and he shared the inspiration of the Flying Canoe and his own journey in beginning reconciliation. Well, the, the harken back. So when I, I came into my position 10 years ago, essentially, um, I'm in the top of my 11th year here at Les Cité Francophone, and I live in Bonnie Dune. I was aware of what was previously known and produced by the Winter Light Society as the Mill Creek Adventure Walk. And it was just beautiful, illuminated walk through the Mill Creek Ravine. And I come from a theater, theater arts background. And I came into my position and I phoned Pamela Anthony with the Winter Light Society. And I said, I want to partner with you guys. We just got to figure out the link between La Cité and the Mill Creek Ravine. Um, here's the keys to the house. Have a party on us. Uh, we just want to collaborate. And everything was going great. And then all of a sudden in October, uh, Pamela phones me and said, just to let you know, uh, Winter Light was shutting down as of this afternoon. The press releases are going out and I'm sorry, everything was looking beautifully, but we're not going to do it. So before we got off the phone, I said to Pamela, I said, do you mind if I pitched a Mill Creek Adventure Walk to the Edmonton Arts Council? and to my city councillor and to see if there's something we can keep there. And she said, power to you. So literally after I hung up, I kind of regained, collected myself because I was disappointed that that was happening. But at the same time, I phoned uh, John Mann, who was the executive director of the Arts Council and started the conversation immediately. And because of the success of the Mill Creek Adventure Walk, the Edmonton Arts Council had a real desire to keep that element going. And so I was privileged in the, in the sense that we were commissioned for the first two years of the festival to produce something. Um, and we took the, that first investment and we doubled it and we tripled it, we quadrupled it to, to be able to have a budget to do something of importance. And we took it from, like I said, in t the year before we took it, so 11 years ago, it was about 3,500 patrons. We were up over 6,000 our first year and then it just steadily grew. And it was almost like we were doubling our numbers year after year after year. So that was that. But the biggest challenge was, so what's your concept, Dan? And I was like, uh, you said, basically you said, you have 48 hours to come up with your pitch. And because the Mill Creek Adventure Walk had a different thematic every year, I went away and I said, what are we going to do? And I have no idea how I fell upon the flying canoe. Turns out the story of the flying canoe had been with Daniel for a while, resurfacing at different stages. Back in 1990, I did the silly summer parade on which used to be on White Avenue. And uh, I made this big Voyageur canoe and we, it was like a Fred Flintstone type canoe and with my brother and we had this big goldfish costume that we had made for another costume contest, my partner and I, Julie. And anyway, that canoe kind of went by, you know, with the wayside. So my brother reminded me in this past year, he goes, Dan, that canoe idea has been in your head forever. And I went, oh, wow. Yeah, I had, I had forgotten that. And then the other, I don't know, maybe I was drinking a bottle of, from uh, a small brewery out of Quebec, Unibrew, that has the image of the flying canoe on it and I went maybe I went ah that's it but actually more importantly to all of that when I 
stumbled on the story or I, I thought of the story, I went back to its origins. You know, and we were in the Truth and Reconciliation. I mean, we were just about the commission was in progress. And it was part of my story growing up. And I'm originally from St. Albert, um, growing up there, you know, where City Hall is today. I always grew up knowing that those were the Métis Flats, but I could never say that I knew any of the people that lived there. And, you know, we grow up within the society. We're a product of our society. So it was always like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a negative thing, like, you know, the Métis Flats, those are the Métis people. And it was like, well, why don't we know those Métis people? And reading the story of the Flying Canoe, knowing it's a blending and a sharing of stories and those stories coming together to finally become the story of the Flying Canoe, I just thought, what a, what a wonderful opportunity for us as a Francophone community that has this long history of this Voyageur, Voyageur story. Edmonton had two forts. It had Fort of the Prairies, which was the Northwest Company, and Fort Edmonton Park, which was the Hudson Bay Company. For a while, they battled it out, and then eventually we became, you know, uh, Northwest was amalgamated to the Hudson Bay. But I just thought all those pieces seemed to really come together. And when I was in my, like, 14, 15, 16, I, I had the pleasure of working up in northern BC with my brother that was running this small sawmill. And I made my first Indigenous friend. And I know that might sound silly on one level, but as a 14, 15 year old that had real no association or, or a positive association with our Indigenous communities, I realized that Chad was just like me. He was just a kid. And he was the best of people. Like he was just a great guy. And we had the summer of our life, so to speak. And I think that always stuck with me is like, I think we got to, we, we need to find ways to create bridges. And, and I say that even as a Francophone, we need to create bridges of understanding. I think being a Francophone in Alberta, we're always pitching Alberta against Quebec for whatever reasons, which has a connotation of the French and the English. And I just think, you know, my roots go back to 1891 and it's on this territory in this province. And I just go, we got to get beyond that. And, and I, I truly believe people know this, but we got to find a way to share. And what better way to share than to create partnerships and to create relationships and, and being truthful and honest. So when I tell the stories about Chad and tell these different stories, it's because it was it's my journey of understanding and creating community links. But I also think we as a community, we need these opportunities. And that is for me, that is the heart and soul of Flying Canoe Vala, is that sharing of story, sharing of culture and sharing with everyone. And, it, and it's really creating an environment in which we don't feel, where we feel welcomed, we feel included, we feel like we're, we're a part of something. And, you know, another, because the Frank, fastest growing component of the Francophone community is immigration. You know, we take a lot of things for granted or we, we get we get busy in our lives and all those things. But I think every now and then it's good just to kind of circle back and share who we are, where we're from, because we all have a story to tell. And, it, it, and it's a way, how do we communicate that story? Daniel's reflection made me think of my own relationship to this land, as you may be thinking about yours. On my father's side, I have Métis and Cree heritage, and on my mother's, Ukrainian. 
I was able to learn a few Ukrainian traditions from my mom's family, but I am wildly disconnected from my indigenous heritage. So much so that sometimes I feel like the desired result of assimilation policies and my attempts to learn traditions and language feel like a kind of appropriation. The last people to practice tradition and speak the Cree language in my family were my great-great-grandparents. My papa, that's what I call my grandpa, lost his grandparents and his dad when he was still just a boy. There was no one to teach him these things, though he has some memories of going trapping from when he was small. And so I find myself in search of community and seeking permission to reconnect. This is something I am not alone in. I am lucky to have friends who support my journey and offer their hand and share their learnings along the way. But for me, festivals like Flying Canoogalon that invite us all to participate in music, storytelling, and dancing, these kind of community gatherings have offered me a space to participate in that history. That feeling of learning and inclusion truly is a bit of magic. Thank you, merci to Danielle Cornboyer, founder and producer of the Flying Canoe Volant Festival and executive director at La Cité Francophone. The festival will take place from March 1st to 5th. Remember, for this year, they are asking guests to register attendance in advance. Registration opens on February 3rd. Be first in line so you don't miss out on this amazing event. In this segment, we played a reading of La Chasse Galerie. This reading is an excerpt from a story Lisa had done for CJSRFM and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. It was originally aired in 2016. We'll also have the link to that project. While you're checking out our notes, be sure to take a look at ECF's upcoming granting deadlines and the latest on ECF's blog. There you can find about funding opportunities and how you can support your community. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Yes, thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, even the Lumberjacks. Especially the Lumberjacks. And please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help us find new listeners. You can also connect with us on Facebook, where you can share your thoughts and see some pictures. Thanks again for tuning in. We've been your hosts, Elizabeth Bonking. And Andrew Paul. A The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation. And is an affiliate member of the Alberta Podcast Network. The show is edited by Lisa Pruden. You can visit our website at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And follow us on Twitter at the ECF. Our theme music is by Octavo Productions. And as always, don't forget to visit Edmonton Community Foundation at ecfoundation.org. Well Endowed.